Welcome to the Joyful No Matter What podcast with me, Heidi Mortar, and my friend, Lauren Franco. Hey, I've been through some crazy stuff in life, and I hope to bring you into conversations as we all continue to grow together, choosing joy along the way. Hey guys, it's Lauren here, and I am really excited to be in the studio today with Heidi. So Heidi and Bob have been on the road. Something they love to do is just travel and share Jesus with everybody they meet. They're always amazing stories. And she called me and she said, you're never going to guess what I went to go see. And so today it was perfect for her. She was so inspired. We're going to get to hear a little bit about their travels. So hi, Heidi. Hey, Lauren. Welcome to your podcast. (laughs) Okay, guys, we have been overtaken with the giggles. Oh, boy. So much to tell. I am so (laughs) excited. You know how it is when you are just talking about something and then God drops it in your lap in another way? So cool. And he opens your mind to seeing things in a new perspective because you're in a new place at a new time in a new different situation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, this has to be God. This is so good. And it was on the subject of submission. We've had that on our minds. We've been talking about it. And I saw that literally played out in a different way. And when I say literally played out, we got the opportunity to go to the Sight and Sound Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was, well, it is one of my favorite places to go and see the live enactment of Bible stories that they do. And this one was on the life story of David, and it was a fantastic stage production. It really stirred my mind just so much Mm. about the subject of submission And it encouraged me, and I would encourage each of you to read the story of David's life in 1 Samuel again, even if you've read it a thousand times, if you know it forwards and backwards, you think you know these stories, Mm -hmm. and then you read them again, or you revisit it, or you think about it in a different way, Mm -hmm. and it just stirs your heart up. Yeah. So can you recap for us a little bit about David's life? Well, you know what? I'm going to read the description of David from the production. Perfect. It said, Master poet, fearless warrior, anointed king, from still waters to shadowed valleys, David's ascent to the throne is filled with towering giants, wild animals, and Philistine soldiers. After unprecedented victories lead to devastating failures, this passionate warrior will face the biggest battle of all, the one within himself. Ooh. Bum, bum. I thought about all of this in such a different way through the lens of submission. David was this shepherd boy who became king, but it it really wasn't just that easy. There was a whole lot of tests and life trials in between times. And because of the talents the Lord gave him, he was called in to soothe the troubled King Saul with his music. Do you remember that Mm -hmm. part of the story? So while he was at the palace, he met the king's son and the king's daughter, and the king's son, Jonathan, would become David's best friend, like a brother to him. In fact, he did become his brother when David eventually married the king's daughter, Mm -hmm. uh, Michael. So 
even though that relationship started out really great, King Saul became jealous of David, and he was really paranoid that David was a threat to his crown. He ordered David to be killed, and David had to flee, just run literally for his life. Jonathan met up with David, and he told him that he loved him and that he believed that he was anointed and that he would be king one day, but that even though his father was wrong, he had to honor his relationship with his father. Jonathan said that to him? Yes. Wow. Jonathan honored his father's position even though he was wrong. He honored the badge of king and parental authority. So that was, you know, kind of setting the tone for the whole story, me thinking, oh my goodness, this is a story of submission. This is a perfect example. David's life is a perfect example of submission in many, many ways. Here, Jonathan submitted. David submitted many, many times in the story. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the way he submitted. And Michael submitted. I mean, Mm. everybody in this story, except King Saul Mm. at this time, Mm -hmm. was not submitted Mm -hmm. to God or God's authority over the situation. Mm -hmm. He took matters into his own hands. And so we see the blessings of submission, the rightfulness of submission contrasted with not submitting and the wrongdoing in that, even wanting to commit murder. Mm -hmm. Murder was in Saul's heart. Mm -hmm. So um, I just really, it went deep. So folks, hang on, because we're going to go deep today. We're going to go deep. I want to share some of the things that I really had stand out to me, and I think they'll be a blessing to you when I when I share all of this. So it's up to us to honor and do the right thing because God says to, not because the person deserves it. Jonathan's father didn't deserve for Jonathan to to put his relationship with David on pause and go to the side of what ultimately seemed wrong. But let's face it, if we all got paid back based on what we deserve, Jesus wouldn't have given his life and died on the cross to pay for our sins. I just think that that's really, really powerful. I mean, just let me repeat that. Just think about that for a second. If we all got what we deserved— we would be in a world of hurt. Jesus wouldn't have given his life and died on the cross to pay for our sins. Mm -hmm. We didn't deserve that. And he did that for us. And and what a parallel, what a, a great example Jonathan was in doing the right thing because it was the right thing to honor his parent, to honor the badge per se of parenting, of kingship, of King Saul. So I realize that when there's a story or a play that's acted out, it's based largely on interpretation. But I really like how the characters in the story of David were depicted in this particular play. David's father was really hard on him, and his mother was an encourager. And when David annoyed his dad and was sent out to the fields to shepherd the flocks, his mother would go and visit him there. And The way this was depicted was that she took his harp to him and she encouraged him in his music. He was super discouraged. He didn't want to be out in the fields tending sheep, but he honored, he submitted to his father to Mm -hmm. go out there. Mm -hmm. And what he really wanted to do was just play his harp Mm. all the time because music was in his heart. He felt like that's what he loved to do. That's what he wanted to do. But he felt like his life was meaningless. It was over. He was 
kind of banished to the fields, per se. So his mother would go out there. She'd visit him. She'd take his harp to him. She'd encourage him in his music. And she saw that David had talents that were unusual. And she realized that every gift is from the Lord and for a purpose. And she knew that the Lord would use his time in the fields somehow as well as his music. So in his time alone in the fields, David had a lot of time to practice his sharpshooting with his sling. And he knew that there were predators that would come. And as he sought time with God and he prayed, he realized the parallels of being a good shepherd and protecting his sheep was likened to God and how God protects us. We also have the foreshadowing of killing giants that might come into our lives and destroy us. The battle belongs to the Lord. He will fight for us. 1 Samuel 17, 47 says, And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. David wrote about his thoughts and feelings during that time. That's how we got the Psalms. It was his form of journaling. There were many shadows of death that David had to walk through during his time in the wilderness, shepherding as a young boy. He feared no evil because he knew that God was with him. He had such a strong connection, such a relationship with God because he was literally in the wilderness and had a lot of alone time with God. So in this play, Lauren, there was so much foreshadowing and so many things And every experience he had, even as a young child, prepared him for things to come later in his life. Every, everything built on the next thing. And you could just see in hindsight this life played out and how God had a plan and a purpose for every single trial, every single victory, everything that David went through. In the end, it was all, well, what we say, not for naught. God knew what was to come, and David trusted in God's leadership. David was submitted to God because he knew that God only had his best interest in mind. Even if things didn't make sense, he had a heart after God Mm -hmm. his whole life. So David was called in, and he was anointed as a future king. But that mantle that was to be placed on him didn't happen right away. He had to go through some really hard things that would ultimately be training for him, and produce the character that he needed to defeat not only Goliath, the Philistine giant, but nations upon nations that threatened Israel and came against his kingship. You know, we fight those giants in our lives with the word of God, which is our sword in battles. And that's why it's so important to focus on scriptures and knowing the word. Mm -hmm. We see that over and over again how important it is to know the Word of God because we need to be armed with that Word in order to be able to fight the battles that we face in life. So here's the deal. The reason I say David didn't have the Bible is not because he forgot his Bible at home. The Bible hadn't been written yet. Mm -hmm. These were real-life occurrences Mm -hmm. that made up the Bible. So even that, just wrapping my head around all of that, just going— Wow, David was in real time having a real relationship with God, not reading about it Mm. through God's word Mm -hmm. and someone else's personal experience, but it was his own experience with God. It was his own cultivation of his own heart 
after God, and he did hear from God as he spent time with him. And he did have a humble and teachable spirit, which mm-hmm. is something we've talked about so often, much. how important it is to cultivate a humble and teachable spirit. And that, again, was why he was known as a man after God's own heart. I want to be known as a woman after God's own heart. That that should be all of our heart's desire. So I think it's just really important that we learn from David's life example and spend time with God in prayer and, and get really close to the Lord. When David had fled into the wilderness, he met up with a group of rebel rousers. And because David was a good leader by example, he stood firm to what he knew was right, and he didn't approve of their pilfering and their stealing and the shenanigans that were going on with those guys. He didn't dismiss them, but he led them in the ways of righteousness. He saw great potential in these guys, and he was able to direct them and use their talents in ways that would fight for righteousness. And Joab, one of the chief hoodlums, became David's right-hand man. I mean, I'm watching this played out, and I'm just like, wow. Because David saw more in these guys than just their current state of being, their current rebellion. And because he was able to model a good life to them as a leader, Joab ended up submitting to David's authority. And even when David was wrong later, I'm telling you, we have this huge accountability to direct people towards God, not their wrongdoings, because people will look to us as leaders And we need to be leading people to Christ. That's the whole deal. So I thought about the verses that follow Jeremiah 29, 11, and how it relates to David. And we can't forget those verses 12 through 14. Jeremiah goes on to say how important it is to call on the Lord and the fact that he'll deliver us like he did David. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile, declares the Lord. Mm. When David crumbled under temptation, he used his authority for wrongdoing. He took his eyes off of God and he took matters into his own hands. And it created this huge mess and casualties in the life of others. However, the moment that David was confronted and resubmitted himself to God, things began to turn back around for him. He nearly lost his whole kingdom. And he paused. I want to say he stopped. Mm. He stopped what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He dropped to his knees. Mm -hmm. And he prayed. Mm -hmm. And that's when things turned back around. And as we think about submission, we need to keep our eyes focused on the fact that God has our best interest in mind. Always, always, but we need to be submitted to Him. So what I know is that we need to learn to apply God's Word and the stories of the Bible to our everyday lives. And when you read His Word, ask Him, what do you want me to learn from this? And then ask yourself, how is this applicable to me? Continue to ask God how everything you read is applicable to your own life. The Bible isn't just 
full of stories. It's full of instruction, life instruction for us. And as I was thinking about that, it was amazing to me. I I haven't heard this anywhere. And if any of you listening have heard this, please let me know. But I feel like it was an inspired thought from the Lord. I believe the story of Cinderella was totally inspired by the Bible. The prince sent someone to find her at her father's house. She was the forgotten one among her sisters. She was the worker. And it was so similar to the story of David. The Lord sent the prophet Nathan to the house of the father of David to search him out. He was the forgotten one among his brothers. He was out working, shepherding in the fields. Both were treated as slaves, workers, but God had special plans to prosper both of them. So as I'm talking about how is this applicable, there's so many things in God's word as we read it that we go, you know, no idea is new. Mm. Nothing is new Mm -hmm. under the sun. We get all of these ideas from the Bible, from real life things that happened that are compiled into the Bible. So I thought that was really cool. Listen to Colossians 3, 22 through 24. It says, Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but with the sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. It starts with serving, serving God, doing as unto God. Mm. And I'm telling you, one day our prince will come. He'll come riding on the clouds when the trumpet calls, and that will be so jubilant, so amazing. It can't be reduced to a Disney story. It's it's going to be incredible. I so look forward to that day. And we have to keep our eyes fixed on the prize and submit to his authority. It'll all be worth it because when you submit, abundance will come. And I'm going to leave you with this bonus verse. It's 1 Peter 5, 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the, at the proper time he may exalt you. He's the one. When we humble ourselves to God, he will lift us up. David went through so many trials in that pasture before he ever got to the palace. And the spirit of cowardice will never remove any heads of giants. It's the spirit of submission to God that will. If we want lasting courage, we have to understand who we are in Christ. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. That to me was so exciting. Just having my mind opened up to a new facet of the story of David's life. Incredible. So I've talked a lot, but I had a lot to say. It was beautiful. I love hearing about, because you guys get to go and travel and see things, and you then happen upon, it seems, these really unique experiences that you wouldn't, you know, it's really a blessing that you guys get those opportunities and you take them, and you can share with us. Being in the right place at the right time, you know, I think it's about other people, and God says, no, Heidi, it's about you. Mm. I want to bless you. I want to speak to your heart. Yeah. It's not just about always talking. 
It's about listening. Mm. So just having that time to pause and listen mm. and hear what God was speaking to my heart mm. was such a blessing to me. And now I can share it with other people because I've learned this lesson. So I'm really grateful for that time. When we're out and about, we're every morning, Bob prays for opportunity to hear from the Lord, to bless someone else, and to to just be having our eyes wide open and and seeing what he puts before us and walking in it. So And it, it kind of as you were sharing, I was just thinking about because we kind of got that thirty thousand foot view of David's life, you know, from when he was a shepherd boy to, you know, his kingdom and how you it reminds me of when for a verse is what I was thinking is that we now we see the beginning and the end. You know, we see the whole thing. Mm. But God did too when he was looking and when Samuel was going to identify um, the next king. Do you remember this? It was in the story that Samuel went to the house of um, David's family and was going through all the brothers. Is it him? Is it him? Is it him? And the Lord told Samuel, this is First Samuel 16, 7, the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. Uh, the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And it was like l- the Lord was preparing Samuel to choose that young man after God's own heart because God knew what was ahead for David and the kingdom and the authority and the reign that he was going to have. And yes, he wasn't perfect. And yes, he made mistakes. But at the end of the day, his heart was at the Lord, was for the Lord. And how like if we can surrender and submit our heart to the Lord, he will have incredible things for us because he knows that um, we can be trusted with them. That's what I'm that's what I'm thinking is like David could be trusted with these accolades and these opportunities because he could be trusted. God looked at at his heart and knew that he was the right choice. I love that. I love that God sees our hearts more than our outward appearances. It was fun because in the play, the actor that played David was a small guy, but he commanded an incredible amount of respect because Mm. of his love for the Lord and his wisdom that came from God in how to deal with difficult circumstances and difficult people. And first he bowed to God. He got his direction from God, and that's where his strength came yeah, from. Yeah. And as soon as he took things into his own hands, as soon as he took his eyes off mm. of God, he got himself in a several pickles. I mean, it was it was crazy. And I kind of spared the gory details because I'd encourage you to read the story for yourself. It's there's so much depth. You know. There's such redemption, though, even in his mistakes, because he turned his heart, like when you said, you know, when he was confronted about his sin, mm-hmm. and he he repented before God, not before man. He said, God, I've broken your heart. And it recently kind of, I was reminded as I was looking at scripture that one of David's sons, out of the relationship that he had with Bathsheba, you know, that you should go mm-hmm. read for yourself, but one of those sons was Solomon, who was the wisest and the richest man on earth. You know, and he wrote the book of Proverbs, he wrote Song of Solomon, he wrote Ecclesiastes, but that 
God redeemed even David's mistakes. An ultimate story An ultimate, of redemption. And, and I just was so woven in because I love the story of David and, and his life. And then, yeah, you read Proverbs. And I know um, Heidi, your husband, Bob, reads Proverbs daily, doesn't he? He's kind of known for that. It's like... He does. There's his, 31 Proverbs. And that means one for each day of the month. So you know it's good. If mm-hmm. Bob is reading it every <laughs> every day for, you know, of the year. And we all know that. But like, there's such redemption, even in our darkest times, where mm-hmm. we made mistakes and we think, Lord, I must have blown it. It's over. Or you're not even talking to the Lord because you're, ta- you're shaming yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And here we see it played out in Scripture. And it, it kind of, doesn't it, when you see these, you think, well, Scripture must be real. Because if I wrote that, I would not be airing my dirty laundry because you know the Holy Spirit was like, we're getting this out. We're putting the real deal out there. The thing is, is we can submit to God's authority by choice, which makes Hmm. everything much easier, or we will have to submit by force. Yeah. What is that verse where it says, you know, basically you fall on the rock or the rock will fall on you? Yeah. (laughs) I think. And that's that's painful. (laughs) That's paraphrasing, friends. You know, that's the Lauren Franco version. (laughs) I like it, though. I like it. It really impacted me to see before my very eyes David confronted in his sin, and sin nature looks like being defensive Mm. when you're confronted in your sin. Guilty. Mm -hmm. He could have made all kinds of excuses, and he had the authority to be right, you know, even when he was wrong. Like, he could— No, go ahead. I just had a thought. I wondered if they addressed this in the play, and it's something I've often thought of, is— David knew he was the anointed king of Israel. But could he have said to Saul, get out of here. I am the anointed king of Israel. He absolutely and could he have. didn't. But you're not king until you're king. Whoa. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was anointed, but he had to believe it to receive it. He had to walk in that anointing. He had to walk into what God had called him to do. He had a choice in the matter, in other words, Mm. to submit to God and say, even though I don't understand it, I'm just a shepherd boy out in the field. Nothing makes sense Mm -hmm. right now. I know what I've heard. I know that I've been anointed, Mm -hmm. but I haven't seen it happen yet because here I am out in the wilderness running for Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. Who am I? Yeah. You know, and he could have said, I've said it before, guess I'll go eat worms, (laughs) you know, poor me, poor me, and just wallowed in pity. But instead, he submitted again, submission, submission, submission. He surrendered and submitted to God. And because his heart was in the right place, that's what allowed the anointing to come to fruition. Mm. And then he could take the throne when it was the right time. In God's, in God's timing? Yeah, because God's timing is never too early. It's never too late. Wow. God had to deal with lots of other people mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. David could be in his rightful place. So it's not just about us. Mm-hmm. It's about positioning and directing all the people. God is a great multitasker. He's the greatest. He sees the need and the roles of everybody going into place. Yeah. You know, we we all have to answer to him because he has 
the plan for all of our lives. And when we sin, it affects the whole thing. It upsets the whole apple cart, per Mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. So we can't just think that it doesn't matter or it's no big deal if we don't surrender or submit to God's authority. Because God has our best interest in mind and everyone else's. Yeah. A lot hinges on our obedience. So that was what I was going to say is, what's the takeaway for us? What's the takeaway for you, for me, for each of us listening like from this illustration of David's life? Just surrender. Just surrender to God's will for your life. Mm. It will go better for you. I'm not saying it will be easy. David's life was not easy. But every hard thing he went through prepared him to take the throne that was not an easy task. But that's what made him a great leader because he had the real life experiences, the heart. He he traveled, he walked through the hard stuff mm-hmm. and it produced character. Mm-hmm. It produced perseverance. Mm-hmm. It produced so much in him that he needed to be able Mm-hmm. to lead well. Mm-hmm. With God in us, we can do all things, mm-hmm. all things through Him who strengthens us. The Bible says it, I believe it, and that's that. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. I'd like to invite you back to do it again. Subscribe here to get notified about our latest episodes. I'd also love to connect with you personally on any of my social media platforms. You can find them all on my website at HeidiMorter.com. That's H-E-I-D-I-M as in Mary, O-R-T-E-R.com. Have a joyful day and be blessed. Be blessed.